Let's turn to the book of Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5. Amen. And we're going to turn to verses 21 through 24. And thank you for standing. Amen. We're going to stand. Amen. If you're able to stand, please stand and honor the word of the Lord. Amen. And uh, I'm thankful for his word. Amen. It's how we grow. The Bible says, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. That's in our text, but that's in the Bible. And the Lord wants us to grow. God is committed to our growth. And thank God, you know, I, I wouldn't want to remain five forever. Sometimes, you know, it sounds like it would be so innocent and fun and no responsibilities and all of that. But I'm thankful to grow. Amen. And amen. At this season of my life, I still want to grow. And not just inwardly, but I want to grow in my relationship with the Lord. Genesis 5, verses 21 through 24, the Bible says, And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years and begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And I don't have a flashy title today, amen, but... Amen. I have understood that sometimes it's the unflashy things that are the most powerful things. And my subject for this Sunday and the next several weeks is simply walking with God. Walking with God. Would you put your Bibles, your phones down, and would you close your eyes and just focus on the Lord? Would you lift your hands unto Him and, amen, focus in on personal conversation as we pray? And ask him in a personal way to have his way in this service today. Would we pray together? Lord Jesus, I love you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for your love, your glory. Lord, I thank you for your spirit, Lord, your word that wants to lead us and guide us into all truth, Lord. Lord, I open up my heart today, Lord. And, Lord, I hear your call, your invitation to myself and to all of us here to walk with you, to know you. There's something special. There's something intimate. There's something deep and meaningful and long-lasting. Lord God, when we walk with you, it seems so simple, Lord, but yet so powerful. That changes the landscape of our lives and who we are. Help us to receive that. Help us to buy into it. And help us to trust you as we walk with you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In the house of the Lord today, amen. It is a privilege to be here. It is a privilege to walk with the Lord, amen. And that can sound very cliche, but indeed, it is a privilege. And may I never forget that it's a privilege. Sometimes the things that we forget are privileges we take for granted, amen. I must never forget that being married to my wife is a privilege. Amen. I must never forget, amen, that to, to be a dad to my son is a privilege. It's a privilege. 
Amen. To be pop-pop to my grandkids is a privilege. To pastor this church is a privilege. When we look at the things and the relationships as our lives as a right and not a privilege, we begin to take them for granted. We begin to treat people and relationships frivolously. Amen. And we quickly move into, I'll say the word, dysfunctional relationships. Amen. God wants us to have Christ-centered relationships because that's what helps us to become emotionally healthy, amen, and to be made whole. And that's what the Lord's will is in our lives, amen. And so over the next four weeks, we will be discovering the necessary discipline of a daily walk with God. And I don't know if I'm going to preach this. We'll see what the Lord has, it may be more teaching, talking, amen, maybe more of a heart-to-heart, and we'll just let God take it from there. We'll see what he does, amen, but we're going to be discovering the necessary discipline of a daily walk with God, both in our Sunday services and in for discussion for our grow groups in our summer session the next four weeks, and grow groups, again, are where we learn how to apply the word of God, have practical application of the word of God to our everyday lives. So the big question is, how do I learn what it really means to have a walk with the Lord? How how many have ever heard that phrase before, walk with the Lord, walk with God? Raise your hand if you've ever heard that phrase sometime in your lifetime. Okay. You know, sometimes we hear things. And, and we can just hear them so often that we don't really take time to pause and think, what does that really mean? What does that really entail? What does that really require? And so how do we learn what it really means to have a walk with the Lord and then live what we learn on an everyday basis? It is imperative that we learn how to walk with God. Walking is something that most of us, and from what I can tell in this room, all of us can do. Maybe there's an infant in here that can't walk. But, but if I survey this room, all of us is, can walk. To walk is a blessing and a privilege. Amen. And so if you can walk today, take a moment and just thank the Lord that you walked today. Can we do that real quick? Let's just take a few seconds and just thank him. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for my two legs, Lord. I thank you. I thank you. Amen. You know, someone could say, well, that's silly. Isn't that a little much to be thankful for that small thing? Is it really that small? Talk to somebody who can't walk. And then ask yourself how small that is. It's a privilege. To walk means to advance or travel on foot at a moderate speed or pace. To proceed by steps. To move by advancing the feet alternately so that there is always one foot on the ground and bipedal locomotion. To put it in common language, walking is to move 
by advancing the feet so that there is always one foot in front of the other. Walking consists of one foot on the ground and one foot in the air in continual motion towards a destination. I want you to capture that for a moment. We don't think about it because it's all we do. We do it without thinking about it. But to walk, it requires one foot on the ground and one foot in the air in continual motion towards a destination. We're going to learn what it means to walk. There's something to that. Hang on to that for a moment. Walking always requires a destination, a purpose, and a desire to walk. It requires a destination, a purpose, and a desire. We walk from one room to another in our home to live life and to see loved ones that we live with. We walk to the restroom to keep good hygiene. At least I hope we do. I believe we do. We walk to the refrigerator to find food. We walk to the driveway to drive cars to all kinds of places that we will walk around while we are in those places. Workplaces, schools, gyms, shopping malls, coffee shops, gas stations, church, and the list goes on of all the places that we walk to and the places that we walk around. If you want to go home today, you're going to walk some part of the way to get there. We won't think about it while we do it, but we'll do it. To walk. I was in high school in the mid-90s before the era of widespread internet. And uh, I remember being excited about library time when they would take our class to the library Look up books. See, we had, when I was growing up, man, I can't believe I'm saying that. When I was growing up, we had those world book encyclopedias. We didn't have the internet to just search whatever on our mind at a given moment. Amen. I, if I wanted to learn something, I, I, my parents, we ordered world book every year. You know, I came from a family of teachers. My mom, my grandmother, my sister's a teacher, you know. So it was always about learning. Everything was a lesson. But I remember the world, the world book. But anyway, you know, I remember in high school, we would have these random trips occasionally to the library. And it was exciting. All of us would get excited in high school to go to the library because once we got there, we would fight over who was going to get to the computer first to play a game called the Oregon Trail. Come on, come on. Somebody clap it up for the Oregon Trail, if you know what I'm talking about. It was this text data game, all right? The screen is black, and all the, all the, all the little uh, 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 
the mittens on there are green and the letters are green and you have to type such and such to, to get it to move to the next screen. And, and so we could not wait to go to the library to play the Oregon Trail. And the Oregon Trail was a 2,170-mile trail that connected settlements along the Missouri River, such as Kansas City, Missouri, and areas in the Midwest, across the Rocky Mountains, and over the Continental Divide to the valleys in Oregon onto the Pacific Ocean. And it was in the 1800s that they were doing this. What was fascinating was that the trail was laid by traders. We don't even know what that is these days. We think of Facebook trading and all the stuff, but these were they were trading all kinds of crafts and furs and and goods to 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 make a living and, and to 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 live. So it was vital to their livelihood. And this Oregon Trail was laid by traders in the early 1800s and could only be traveled by horseback or by foot. Did you hear that? By horseback, that's if you had money. But if you didn't, and if you were just a regular old Joe, you had to walk over 2,000 miles by foot. Foot. Some of us complain about walking to the mall by foot. To give a picture or idea what that would be like, that would be like walking from here to Albuquerque, New Mexico by foot. Here beyond Denver, Colorado by foot. It's what they did. Those are some gritty people. Now, they didn't have any other option either. It's not like they had a car. You know, again, if you had money, maybe there was no railroad yet. So they had to go by foot. And so you could not possibly know what was ahead on a thousand plus mile trail. Sure, you may have heard some things by word of mouth by others who may have gone on the trail before you, but until you walked the trail yourself, you could not really know what the journey had ahead. President Thomas Jefferson issued instructions to explorers Lewis and Clark to find a path across the continent to to the Pacific Ocean for the purposes of commerce. They wanted to see if they could increase commerce and business across the continent, amen, for the sake of survival and for the hopes of a better life. So Lewis and Clark scouted the land and were trailblazers for many settlers who would follow in their literal footsteps. That's where we get that phrase from, follow in their footsteps, because they literally walked by foot. And if you weren't going to get lost, you had to literally follow somebody else's footsteps and hope that they actually found the destination. So they were trailblazers for many settlers, Lewis and Clark in 1803, for many settlers who would follow in their literal footsteps. And something we must need 
to understand about walking, about the journey, about the trail. Our destination identifies where we want to go. Our purpose identifies why we want to go there. You got to have a why. And our desire is the fuel that pushes us through the inconvenience, adversity, fear, doubt, and any obstacle and the like to get to our destination. Because any destination you have, there will be obstacles between where you are and where you want to go. There is no such thing as obstacle-free walking, so stop looking for it. Stop looking for it. Stop saying, you know, well, I'm getting ahead of myself right now. There's no such thing as obstacle-free, adversity-free walking. So the thing about walking Wherever we walk, whether great or small, there's going to be a destination. There's got to be a destination. The destination may be the refrigerator. It may be to the driveway. It may be to the restroom. Look, sometimes when you got to go, you got to go. You can laugh. Come on, don't be tight. You're not going to stay there because you don't want the alternative. Guys, come on, lighten up. (laughs) We got to have a destination, a purpose, and a desire. And desire is the difference between it would be nice to go there and I have to get there. Desire, listen to me, is the difference between the mindset that says it would be nice to go there and I must get there. Whatever it takes, I must go. Our purpose reignites our desire. Those settlers had to believe in their purpose enough to keep on walking to their destination. Every time they felt that it would be easier to turn around, they had to remind themselves of their purpose and believe that what they desired was worth it enough to keep on walking to their destination. In the case of the Oregon Trail, the destination was the Pacific Ocean. Their purpose was the sake of commerce. Their desire was to receive from their commerce the hope of a better life. And they had to walk to get there. They had to walk to get there. Walking is the most basic mode of transportation and yet the most important. Learning to walk is one of the most defining moments in life. Just talk to parents with small children. Crawling on their knees. If you have any small children in your family or if you ever have, you all have anticipated 
and watched for the day where that child took their first steps and learned how to walk. You celebrated it. Who knows how many people you told when it first happened? You'll never guess what happened today. Little Susie learned how to walk. Oh, my gosh, that's so wonderful. Oh, my gosh, what did it look like? What did she do? Where was it? Oh, yeah. You know, and you have this whole conversation about a child learning how to walk. It's a big deal. It's a big deal to God, too. We often learn how to walk before we learn how to talk. There's something about that. And while all may not be able to walk physically, the Lord has ordained it that every one of us can walk with him spiritually if we want to. If we want to. For the individual who chooses to walk with the Lord, you must know and understand three things. The destination, the purpose in your desire. For the individual who chooses to walk with the Lord, we must know that the destination is heaven. Your purpose is to know him and to be like him. And your desire for that destination and that purpose will be the fuel that pushes you through every every impossibility. Did you hear what I just said? Through every impossibility, impossibilities should stop you. Amen. But if you walk with the Lord, impossibilities cannot stop you because you walk with the one for whom all things are possible. I got to know what's in me. What is my desire? It'll push me past every inconvenience. It'll push me past adversity and fear. No matter what comes your way and no matter what comes to knock you off God's way, your desire, my desire to know Jesus and to be like Jesus and to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus will be all that we need to be an overcomer and live life victoriously. What do you need? What do I need to do that? I just need a desire. I need a desire. I need to work out my desire. I need to build up my desire. I may have to starve some other desires so that I can feed this desire. Amen. David said it in Psalms 27 verse 4. It's our theme for this year. He said one thing. Have I desired of the Lord? And that will I seek after. Amen. I'm going to starve every other desire so that I can feed this one desire. If my desire for entertainment is overwhelming, my desire for for prayer, I need to starve one desire and feed the other desire. 
if my desire for carnality and money and whatever else in this world, don't get me wrong, I get it. We need money to survive. Money's not evil, the love of money. We got to see that's where church tradition messes stuff up again. People say money's evil. Money's not evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. This is where we need to know the word of God. But if I desire money more than I desire God, I've got to starve one desire. That doesn't mean you stop working. Okay? That's not wisdom. It means I I starve my desire for what's on my mind all the time for what I'm pursuing all the time. I'm going to feed my desire for the Lord. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. My desire is to be with Jesus. My desire is to have relationship with Jesus. God, help us not be shallow people who just desires things and stuff that's not going to last anyway. Your house isn't going to last. Your car's not going to last. 401Ks disappear. Social Security disappears. Nothing in this life is going to last. But our relationship with Jesus has eternal dividends. It doesn't mean you don't work for a house. Doesn't mean you don't work to make a living. It doesn't mean you don't go and work hard to take your family on vacation and do nice things for yourself and for your family. It doesn't mean you don't do that. This is where we need balance. This is where we need a proper understanding of the word of God. But my number one desire is not to travel the world. My number one desire is not to have houses and land. My number one desire is to walk with God. Come on, that's all right. Don't be shy to clap your hands if you Come on. It's 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 always appropriate to honor Jesus. It's always appropriate to give him praise. Hallelujah. Amen. And so it's about our desire. We walk to all kinds of places because we want to and need to. Don't tell yourself that you can't walk with the Lord. You can if you want to. You can if you want to. You know what? Here's what I've learned today. You'll go to church if you want to. You'll pray if you want to. You'll read God's word if you want to. You'll obey God's word. This goes for me, too, if you want to. You know what? When we disobey God's word, ultimately, you know the very core reason why we disobey God's word? We didn't want to. We didn't want to. It's as simple as that. i got to change my want to. I've got to change my desire. Amen. I'm not some holier-than-thou kind of individual. I'm just as human as everybody else in this room. But what I've learned over the course of my life is that if I'm going to make heaven my destination, amen, and I'm going to live out my purpose to walk with him and be like him, I've got to starve some desires in my life so that I can feed the number one desire in my life, and that's to walk with Jesus it's as simple as that hey look I'm a sports fan 
I mean, God was, God was, again, I'm, we were talking about convictions this morning. All right. I, I'm, I'm into it. And, and so, you know, I, I keep up with the stats and it's been free agency and all this. And there's times where I feel that tap from the Lord to say, Hey, you're into it too much right now. Let's starve that. Let's starve ESPN for a little bit. Is ESPN sin? No. But I'm starving one desire to fulfill the ultimate desire. Pastor being legalism, pastor saying I can't watch the game. Pastor, no. Don't you put those words in my mouth. Don't you do that. No. No. I'm talking about desire. So when the Lord comes knocking on the door of your heart saying, hey, you know what? I want to bring you closer to me. I've got more for you, but this thing's in the way. Amen. I've got a decision to make. Am I going to starve this so that I can feed my walk with him? And let me tell you, it's like incredible. It's like a spiritual water fountain going on in your soul. It's like joy untold of. And when I, when I finally let go of the thing and say, you know what, you're right, Lord. I'm going to turn my heart towards you. I'm going to turn my mind towards you. It's not that I was doing anything wrong, but it was in the way of more of him. And when I turned my heart and said, Lord, okay, I've got too many things filling my life. I'm going to make room. I'm going to make room. Sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's weight. Sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's distraction. Lord, I'm going to get this junk out of my life. Amen. My life is getting filled with too much. So I'm going to empty myself out. I'm going to starve everything else so that... You can fill me up. Why don't we stand to our feet today? To walk means to advance. To walk means to advance. To Proceed to move by advancing your feet, to put one foot in front of the other. That's what it means to walk. Enoch, the Bible says, walked with God. I don't have time to get into it today, but the Bible testifies of Enoch, the seventh from Adam, Noah's great-grandfather, that God enjoyed Enoch's walk with him so much. I was like, I don't even want you to stay in the troubles of this world anymore. We're walking so close, Enoch. The Bible says, Enoch walked with God. He was 65 years old when he had Methuselah, his son. Didn't walk with God before that. 65 years old, becomes a dad, has Methuselah, starts walking with God. Now, hey, look, don't wait till you're 65 to walk with God. But if you are 65, you can start to walk with God. Regardless of where you are in that spectrum. 
Just start where you are. Walk with God. Don't feel bad about yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow. Start today and walk with God. But after he had his son, the Bible says he walked with God for 300 years. It's a brief testimony. Now, you got to understand something. Everybody before him and after him is living 700 years, 800 years, 900 years. Adam lived 930 years. His son, Methuselah, oldest man to ever live, lived 969 years. So, he walks with God for 300 years. The Bible says, and he was not, for God took him. took him. God said, your walk with me is so precious, I don't even want you to see death. I don't even want your body to see corruption. Your walk with me is so precious, I want to do something special for you. You're going to be different. You know, everybody else, if you look at that genealogy in Genesis 5, uh, so-and-so was born. They lived so how many years? Uh, they had so-and-so and sons and daughters, and then they died. So-and-so was born, lived so many years, had sons and daughters, and then they died. And it goes on and on like that until you get to Enoch. Enoch was different. It's like, whoa, what's happening here? Enoch walked with God. The Bible says God, he was not, for God took him. Here's what the Bible says about him. In the Hebrews 11, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found. He never died. They couldn't bury him because he didn't die. God took him out of the earth. Because God had translated him, which means he crossed from one life into the next, bypassing death. For before his translation, Enoch had this testimony that he pleased in the hallway of faith in Hebrews 11. Why? Because he walked with God. Amos 3 verse 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Can two walk together except they be agreed? There's a lot of truth that to that I don't have time to get to we'll have to continue it to next Sunday but we'll only walk so far if we disagree we'll only walk so far if we don't have a common destination a common purpose a common desire that's what pleased God Enoch made God's destination his destination Enoch made God's purpose his purpose. That's your purpose, Lord? Okay. I'm going to make that mine too. I'm going to follow whatever you want. I want to be with you. Wherever you are, Lord, is where I want to go. This morning, 
God calling us to is not hype. There's nothing flashy about walking. You don't hear, I mean, maybe they, they do now because we have all these weird things like today's National Fried Chicken Day, National Donut Day, all this, all this unique stuff now, okay? So now they have walking competitions and stuff like that. But, I mean, you know, until recently, no one shouts about you walking. I mean, how many people you cross paths with or see in a mall or see in an airport and you're like, man, they walk so amazing. Walking with God gets the attention of God. And so, I'm going to ask everyone to make their way to the altar. We're going to pray. We're going to pray a very simple prayer here today in this service. We're going to make a commitment. Psalms 119, verses 1 through 3 says this. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. I would imagine on the Oregon Trail, those settlers no matter how far they got no matter if they felt like they met a destination goal for the day no matter if their feet hurt or no matter this or that they had to make up in their mind every single day to keep on walking whether I feel like I failed or whether I felt like I succeeded just gotta keep walking why? because I have a destination Why? Because I have a purpose. Why? Because I have a desire to get there. And in our walk with the Lord, we have a destination. That's heaven. We have a purpose to walk with Jesus and to be like him. And I have a desire that Jesus is the one I want to be with and to be like. And there are days that I feel like I fail. There are days where I feel like I fail hard. There are days... we're going to pray in just a second, but I feel like I need to say this because I'm going to, I'm just being transparent because I know some of us, all of us battle the same thing. There's days I feel like, all right, God, you ready to wipe me out? I bombed today. I really missed the mark today, man. I, I, I felt like my prayer was a failure today. I feel like I barely touched heaven today. I feel like I really was a doofus today, God. I mean, I'm just talking to you about my own walk. Son, get back up and walk again. Hey, it's a new morning, son. You, you, feel, you feel that sunlight coming through the window? You feel your, your chest ex- inhaling and exhaling? That's life I've given you. You know what? Yesterday is yesterday. You know, he, he talks to us. He says, you know what? I want you to walk. Walk with me. Just walk with me. Walk in my word. Walk in my commandments. Walk in prayer. Let's talk. Amen. And we'll find beauty in our relationship with God. 
So today, I'm going to ask if everyone could close their eyes and lift their hands unto the Lord and begin. We're going to have a personal conversation with the Lord. That's called prayer. We're going to have a personal conversation with the Lord. And if I know nothing else, if I can commit to nothing else, what I will commit to is that today I'm going to walk with the Lord. I'm going to repent of my sins. I'm going to be born again of water and of the Spirit. I will pray. I will go to your word. I will obey your word. And whether I feel like I fail or succeed, one thing is for sure, I'm going to get up again and I'm going to walk with you again because as long as I'm walking, I'm advancing. As long as I'm walking, I'm moving towards my destination with Jesus. Come on, would you just begin to write where you are? Come on, open up your mouth and lift up your voice and just begin to talk to him. Commit to commit your heart to walking with him today. Lord Jesus, in this place, God, in this moment, Lord, Lord, you are not looking, Lord Jesus, for the flashy. You're not looking for the strong. You're not looking for the mighty. But what you're looking for is the devoted heart that says, Lord God, the just man falls seven times and rises up again. Lord, you're looking for the devoted heart that says, whether I succeed or whether I fail, I'm going to walk with you today. I will seek your face today.